Heavenly Father, we know that you are the ultimate physician. Nothing comes into our life without first passing through your hands. And we don't always understand why things come into our life, but Lord, it is for a reason. It is for a purpose. And for those who would turn to you and put faith in you, you've said in your word that it's for our good and ultimately your glory. And so, Lord, we would pray that would be the circumstances here. We pray for Lauren, that you would heal her, that you would uh, give the doctors wisdom. But Lord, I pray most importantly that you speak to the depths of her heart, that she'll see this as your grace, your goodness, because you love her with an everlasting love. Draw her to yourself, Lord, that she might know you, that she might walk after you. We pray for Lori and Mike that you will comfort them today, give them uh, direction as well. And Lord, be honored and glorified in everything that's done here. Thank you for this group that's here this morning. And Lord, we just ask that you be made much of in Jesus' name. Amen. I can maybe have one of my deacons. I think that uh, breaker broke again on the uh, AC. So if somebody wants to lay eyes on that and make sure that thing's clicked on, you may just have to give you a signal out the window and you just flip it back on every time it goes off. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we're going to get that looked at this week, but that's, uh, that's what's happening. Guys, we are going through our study, Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. And if you're here and you are not part of a church currently uh, in, in faithful attendance, uh, I would encourage you to consider Community Baptist Church because this is the desire of this pastor's heart, this is the desire of this church family, that we be a healthy church, that we be a church that honors God, that we do things His way, not our way. We've got a lot of churches that are very man-centered. They cater to man in what man wants. And look, by nature, we all want our ears tickled, right? We all want to, to have our praises sung. But that's the, that's the fallen nature, guys. It puts us at the center of the universe. No, God is at the center of the universe. It's about Him. Uh, it's about knowing Him. It's about honoring Him. It's about glorifying Him. And the only way you and I even have a clue as to who this God is is because of this right here. This is His revelation, His special revelation to mankind, that we might know Him, that we might understand Him, that we might come to know the plan for our life. Because we've got plans, but are they His plans? Everyone in this world has a worldview. For all of you who wear glasses, I used to wear glasses, then I got the surgery, and now I can see pretty good. I'm thankful for that. But I know what it's like to wear glasses. And without those glasses, you don't see clear. Guys, the Bible is like a pair of glasses. I'm not going to see life in its truth and reality without my biblical lenses. We need a biblical worldview. I truly believe this is the biggest, one of the biggest problems in the church is we have a lot of professing Christians but they don't have a worldview that's in line with Scripture. So they're not seeing reality for what reality is. Reality, by definition, is that which corresponds to truth. Let me say that again. Reality is that which corresponds with truth. This is the only truth. This is the absolute truth. So apart from this, we walk blindly through a world, groping, <coughs> And, and, and so, I want to encourage you. We have next month, we're excited about it. We met the other day, our apologetics conference is all about helping you get a biblical worldview. And I hope you'll plan to come. We'll have a Friday night session, a Saturday all day, lunches included. And so start telling your friends. We've got flyers out on the table. You can take those, investigate the faith. Because guys, Christianity is different than any other religion in the world. You can't have multiple truths when it comes to who God is. Now, the world wants you to think that, but that's not the case. Two plus two is four. It can't be five and six at the same time. I don't care what anybody tells you. Check it out. Information on the table. You can see Tyson as well if you want more on that. But guys, the church needs, we need to, to fine-tune our glasses. You know how they click, click that thing? How's this? How about this one? Spin that thing around. 
How about this one? Better or worse? A or B? B! Okay. Guys, got to get that adjusted. Bible lenses. And we'll help you get that adjusted at this year's conference. With that said, we continue our nine marks of a healthy church. And so we want to fine-tune that vision this morning. And the subject we're going to be looking at today is mark number six. Which, by the way, Nate's been dying for me to do this joke. Um, we don't have nine marks, but we have one, two... Gentry three, I mean, where's my other marks? And we got, you know, big mark. I mean, man, we've got probably six marks here, right? Huh? No, I think we need to keep adding. I think we got a little more than that. And if not, y'all name your kids uh, Mark once y'all are pregnant. Okay, just kidding. Right. <laughs> probably got a good chance on both of those. <laughs> anyway, so y'all get that later. Anyway, all right. So not marks of a healthy church. We are looking at membership this morning. Membership. The membership ain't in the Bible. It ain't in the Bible. Where's where you find that membership idea in the Bible? I'm a Christian. I'm, that's all. I'm a member of the church. God's church. I don't need to be a member of no local church. None of you ever heard that before. You think I have, right? <laughs> Maybe I have. Um, but what does the Bible say about membership? You ever thought about it? By the way, Community Baptist Church. We do a membership class. <laughs> well, I know that's not in the Bible. Well, you know what? We're going to explore the Bible's concept of what it says about being members. And so we do a membership class because, I'll just tell you off the cuff, one reason is because we want you to know who we are. And you should want to know who we are, right? I mean, I, look at your spouse next to you. Did you just show up on the day of the wedding and say, I do? Maybe some of you did. Arranged marriage, forced marriage, I don't know. <laughs> See me afterwards, I do marital counseling if we, if we had that situation. But no, most of us courted. We dated. Courted. Who does that anymore? Homeschool families, thank you very much. <laughs> Not till you're 30, right? Okay. And so you want to get to know the person. So you spend time together. You get to know one another. Guys, the church is like that. And, and so I understand it. But let me say something, ladies. If your man courts you for year after year after year after year after year and he never offers to marry, I'm just saying, there might be some commitment fear going on there. All right? Uh, we don't need commitment fear, guys. All right? We don't need commitment fear. And we definitely don't need commitment fear when it comes to the church because we do have God's truth. And so we want to look at that today and see what he says about the church and its relationship. Joshua Harris did a book years ago when I was a youth pastor. We used to have required readings, which I'm excited. We got required readings coming up in September. And I don't know, Nate could tell you more about this, but we used to do five books a year. And our leaders, I expected my leaders to read five books a year. And two of them had to be missionary. Um, two of them, two, I went to farmer. <laughs> two of them uh, had to be missionary biographies. And so it was awesome. And so one of the books that we recommended uh, was on the required reading list was Stop Dating the Church. It's a great title. Because you get, we live in a day where people are dating the church. You know? And it's kind of reflective of our culture. Yeah, I'm going out with this guy on this day. I'm going out with that girl on that day. And, you know, and we're just trying to play in the field. Just trying to feel out the, what, I, what, what which direction I want to go. Play in the field. Don't recommend that in dating, and I definitely don't recommend that in churches. Now, I understand you need to visit a few churches before you decide where you believe God wants you to be. That's okay, a little different. But too often times, people are not committed. And so... If that's you, I pray that God will speak to your heart today about why He intends something better for you than just dating. So, with that said, what is a church? What is a church? According to the New Testament, the church is primarily a body of people who profess and give evidence that they have been saved by God's grace alone, for His glory alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That is what a New Testament church is. It's not a building. 
501 South Charles Street is not the church. You understand that, right? The church is you. That little thing, is, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door, see all the people. That was actually kind of correct theology in that sense. Because that's the church. You're the church. You are the church. So whether we're in our care groups tonight, whether we're, you know, wherever we are, we are the church. And that's important to understand. The word ekklesia, which is a Greek word defined as a called out assembly. A called out. What are you called out from? You're called out from the world. When you repent of your sin and put your faith and trust in Christ, finished work at Calvary, who He is, His death, His burial, His resurrection, when you repent and put your faith in Christ, you are called out of the world, out of darkness into His marvelous light. And we begin, as that song was talking about, uh, I've been changed, you know, and transformed. Excellent, Randall. I mean, that's the way a Christian is supposed to be, church. We're supposed to be changed. And so, ecclesia is commonly translated as church in the New Testament. So, who's the church for? Who's the church for? Well, obviously, uh, the church is for everyone who's a believer. The church, follow me on this one, the church by definition cannot have unbelievers in it. Now let me, let me say this because some of you misunderstood what I just said. The church by definition, we just looked at the definition of church, it's made up of believers, right? The church by definition can't have non-believers in it. Now we want non-believers at 501 South Charles Street to come into our four walls. We, we most likely in a group this size, we've got some here this morning, we've got some watching via TV. We want unbelievers to hear the message in hopes that they might come to conviction of the sin that is separating them from God and that they might repent and believe in Christ, the only way by which they can be saved. But the church, by definition, is made up of believers. Therefore, you can't have believer and non-believers at the same time. That's, a, that's what we call an oxymoron. <laughs> oh, sorry, I got to put the oxymoron. That's what it's called, right? You can't have both. At the same time. That's like I'm inside outside at the same time. Huh? Yeah. So the church is for everyone who's a believer. We often refer to this. Some people don't like the term. I like the term. This is the holy huddle. Football's on today, Seth. Yes, a few Varner fans in the house too. Bills are going <coughs> down. But anyway, oh, sorry, I had to take that cheap shot, Andrew. That's Wish you, wish you well on that one today. It is preseason. He's reminding me it's preseason. It is. But guys, today when you watch your, your football game, notice they're going to get in a huddle. What are they doing in the huddle? They're getting the play, right? They're getting the play. And then they don't stay in the huddle. Man, what, what a boring game that would be. They just, all right, troops, let's wrap. And the whole next three hours, they stayed like this. But we've got a lot of church people that are coming into the holy huddle to get the play, and that's all we're doing. No, when you get the play, ready, break. Now they go and they execute the play. They go exercise the play. Guys, when we have this holy huddle this morning, and Wednesdays, or whenever we're gathered together in our holy huddle, we're getting the plays. We're getting equipped, Ephesians 4, to go and do the work of the ministry. Now we go into the world and we exercise the play. We score a touchdown, right? Somebody comes to know Christ. Stand with the analogy. Follow me. All right. The difference between the universal and local assembly. Because if everyone who is a believer is a part of the church, well, wait a minute. There's such a thing as a universal church and there's such a thing as a local church. Community Baptist Church is a local church. The universal church is the church, in other words, those believers in Jesus Christ since the day of Pentecost to now. Everyone from the day of Pentecost, when, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on His people and the church began to be birthed 
And then they begin to take the gospel into the world and people were being saved and converted and God was adding souls to the church daily. And so what began to take place is the church began to grow. And the church is still growing today. And God made a promise. He will build His church upon Him, not Peter. Peter's not the rock. He's the little rock, but not Arkansas. But he is, Jesus is the rock that He will build His church on. Jesus said, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail. Guys, even though days look dark, God is still building His church. He's still saving souls. People are still becoming believers. Therefore, they're being added to the church. The universal church. That's the universal church. But the universal church is lived out locally in a gathering like this. We have a lot of different local churches, right? but they're a small picture of the universal. Does that make sense? It's important to understand the difference. By the way, when you come through our new members class, because we're hoping and praying that you will, um, we will go through this and explain a little more what the difference is and why it's important that you're part of a local church. The responsibility and duties of members of a Christian church are simply the responsibilities and duties of Christians. God is not expecting anything different than what He expects of those who come to faith in Him and follow Him. And we will highlight some of those things because, again, these are based upon scriptural authority. So let's look. So why join a church? You know, why join a church? Yeah. Well, why buy the cow in the middle? I mean, some, some people just kind of come and feed off the church, right? They just they never join, they just want to just come and they want to get the benefits, but you know, it's like shacking up, guys. I'm just going to tell you real. Some people don't want to get married. They just want to shack up. That's wrong. It's not right. It's sin. You can spin it any way you want. It's sin. And until you come onto the same page as God in like-mindedness, you're not living in truth. You're self-deceived. Repentance is a change of mind. I'm saying, you know what? I thought this living together was okay. But God's Word says it's not. And I see that, and I know that, and I'm going to change my mind about that, and I'm going to repent of that. I'm going to ask God to help me change this. And now I take steps of faith and action to leave that behind and trust God with what shall come. That's repentance and action. That's saving faith. It produces fruit. A lot of people are shacking up in the church knowing God expects them to be a member. But they just sort of, Hebrews, hang out, taste the goodness of God, but never come to a commitment. Does that make sense? Self-deceived. Many, many will come to Him in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in the name? Did we not do this? And He'll say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I... I never knew you. So we got to be careful. We can be self-deceived. The fact that God warns about that, that implies that we can be deceived. So we don't want to be deceived. And so when it comes to joining a church, what does God say about this? Well, God expects us to have responsibility to one another. And don't worry, I'm going to give you the evidence from Scripture here in just a second. Bear with me. Christianity is a corporate matter, and the Christian life can be fully realized only in relationship to others. God is all about relationship. This is not religion. Many of us grew up under religious practices, and you were expected to do religious duties. And even good churches sometimes can can fall into the trap of religious duties. Guys, it's about relationship. It is about relationship. This is why God uses language like the family of God. You are a child of God. You know how in your home you have family relationship. And let's just be real for a minute. 
your families, just like mine, we got issues, right? I'm talking extended family because, you know, it doesn't apply to you guys, you know. But we all got family members, right? And even in the house under the same roof sometimes, you know, there can be disagreements. And I got, you know, four right here that I can tell you. On any given day, man, they are loving each other. I mean, it's just kumbaya. I mean, you know, these two little ones especially, man, they're skipping and hugging each other and loving and playing dolls together. And literally, a wind blows through, and it's like, I can't stand you, slamming the door, you know, throwing stuff. Mom, Dad, they want, you know. And it's like, wow, where did that come from? That's family, guys. That's family. But you know what doesn't happen in those moments? Karis doesn't go to Sarah and get in her face and say, I am done with you. I don't want nothing to do with y'all anymore. I'm leaving. And then she leaves and is gone and never comes and darkens our door again. But guys, this plays out all over America in the church. I didn't like the way that person looked at me this morning. Nobody talked to me. I came to church and I've been out for three weeks and nobody's called me. Nobody's come to see me. I'm done with this place. And they leave. You do that with your family? Now, some of you say, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, there is a time. Sometimes there is tough love that says, you have put this family through enough. And until you change your ways, you're not welcome back here. Now, they don't stop being your child. They don't stop being your brother or sister. But until there's repentance, that relationship is strained. And so you shouldn't back off in those situations. Guys, that's truth. When truth is in the moment, then you need to, in love, share truth. But tough love sometimes is required in a family. And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Many of you have lived through this. You know, we've heard testimonies of, of how... Uh, families have had to take that hard. I cannot imagine, I pray that I never have to uh, deal with, with these guys like that. But you know what? I pray that if that time should ever come to my house, that I would do what God would have me to do regardless of how much it would hurt. And a church is no different. We know that church, listen to this one, we know that church is expected that God intended a local assembly, a local church. Christ himself intended a local church because of what we read in Matthew 18. Matthew 18 is a disciplined passage. And he lays out when there's disagreement between a brother. If your brother sins against you, he gives instruction on what you're supposed to do. So you've got a believer in the universal church, and I believe in that text you find it is a local church because he says if there's a brother who's offended you, you go to him and you tell him the offense. You know what? The other day you did this and quite honestly that offended me. And I'm, I'm just at a loss as to why you would do that. Now, they can either in that moment accept their medicine and say, you know what, I'm sorry, this is what happened, I apologize, and, and you're reconciled. Hey, it's alright, I love you, man, you're my brother. And you're restored. That's, the, that's what God intends by you going. And he puts it on both sides of the coin. He says, if you know your brother has something against you, go to him. If you have something against your brother, go to him. He puts it on both brothers or sisters. But what happens when you go and they don't listen? I don't know what you're talking about, man. You know what? No. I, you know, get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. Whatever. may not be that kind of response, but they don't hear you. The Bible says now, Matthew 18, Jesus told his followers, now you take one or two witnesses so that everything that's said here is established. The truth is known. Well, I've come to Joe Bob. Joe Bob didn't. He, he told me, get off his porch, get out of town, didn't want nothing to do with me. I've just tried to bend reason with him that he's living in a life of sin and he's not hearing it. He doesn't want to repent of it. Joe Bob still doesn't want to hear what's going on. He's, he's going to do his thing and it doesn't matter that these three guys are here lovingly as his family trying to plead with him, trying to get him to get his life right. 
Then Jesus says that if he doesn't hear them, tell it to who? This interactive part. Tell it to who? The church. So we're going to go tell it to the universal church? Every believer since Pentecost, hear me now! No. You see, the scriptures are very clear, guys, that there is an accountability at a local gathering of believers. He says, if they don't, if your brother doesn't hear you, tell it to the church, that local assembly. And now the church says, Joe Bob, you need to repent. If not, you will be put out of this fellowship. We love you. We want you to be in the house. But if you're going to be under the roof, you've got to abide by the house rules, man. And I didn't set these rules. God did. And you know you're out of, you know you're out of line. And he either can repent at the rebuke of the church as a whole and be restored. And then the church loves on him and welcomes him back and praise God there's, there's a celebration in heaven because of a sinner who repents. Or either they continue on, well, they're going to do it their way, and they're hypocrites in the church, I can't, and they're going to go through life thumbing their nose at the church. Bitter. Bitter towards the church. Guys, that whole Matthew 18 tells us straight from Scripture. The local church is a God-ordained organism. Not an organization. We're alive. We're living. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. So why join a church? Well, first point, to assure ourselves. To assure ourselves. Um, to evangelize the world. That's another point we're going to look at. Uh, to expose false gospels. To edify the church. And to glorify God. I'm going to leave that up there. That's the outline we're going through today. I'm doing that for you, Barnett. He said I moved too fast last week, so I'm going to slow down. Anyway, sorry. Thank you, Karis, for that smile, sweetie. Everybody go to Acts 2. Finally, he opened the Bible. Guys, I've been opening the Bible since we started. You just didn't get the addresses all the way, right? Acts 2, verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. That's what we talked about in Sunday school, guys. Sold their possessions, goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord, there it is again, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Guys, you see the bare essentials of membership right there in just that passage I read. And we're going to look at a lot of other passages, but there's your bare essentials. You see salvation there. They received the word. They believed. You see believers' baptism. After they were born again, they followed in believers' baptism. You see a desire to participate in the basic functions of the body. Right? They agreed with the doctrines, the fundamental doctrines. They were willing to be taught those doctrines by the apostles. They had care for other members of the church, the family, the fellowship. You see that there. They had faithful remembrance of the Lord's Supper. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's, a, that's an important ordinance within the church. And they were praying for one another. So let's take a look. 
Why join the church? Why do, why do you, you're sitting here this morning, and many are saying, why do I need to join the church? <laughs> okay, one person is saying, why, and many are saying, why do I need to join the church? Why do I need to join the church? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> to assure ourselves, you should not join the church in order to be saved. But, you may want to join the church to help you in making certain that you are saved. You follow that, right? Guys, you don't have to become a member of Community Baptist Church locally to be saved. Only Christ saves. No church membership saves you. There is no only the true church in the sense of, you know, some say, well, unless you're saved in these four walls or baptized in our baptistry, you're not on your way to glory. That's a false gospel. And there are a lot of churches out there that hold to that. Now, they won't say it that way, but their doctrine is set up in such a way that it becomes a works-oriented salvation. The Catholic Church as a whole, again, believes that, that you Protestants are not the true church. So we must, again, understand that joining a church doesn't save you. But you understand the statement. If you're uncertain about your salvation, Community Baptist Church teaches the truth of Scripture. There's, I don't see how anybody could, and I guess it's always possible because with, you know, it can happen, but you will be exposed to the truth of the gospel at this church almost every time the doors are open. And some of us sometimes need some, need some encouragement in our salvation. We need to be certain uh, of that salvation. We need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, you're born again, but you've just got doubts and fears and concerns. And, and there's no greater way to grow in your faith than to be in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So to assure ourselves, uh, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. You are my friends if you do what I command. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. John 14, 21, 15, 10, 14, 13 through 7. Guys, throughout Scripture, Jesus makes it clear. God's Word makes it clear. And we do a disservice when we try to help people have assurance that's not obeying God. Now, ultimately, only God knows the heart of man, all right? But when you read through the Gospels, when you read through the epistles, when you read through the letters of the New Testament, how else can you see clearly? And it's pretty evident that if you have repented, turned from your sin and you've put your faith in Christ. He's given you a new desire of the heart, and your desire should be to obey Him. It should be to allow His Spirit to work on us, to change us, to grow us. That doesn't mean we've arrived. It doesn't mean we're perfect. No, of course not. But, but I'm sick and tired of, of us giving somebody a stamp of approval or popishly declaring them okay in Jesus' eyes while we overlook their practicing a lifestyle of sin. 1 John says that if, if you live in this lifestyle and practice this sin, he says, guys, you're not one of his. He says, you make God a liar. So your beef's not with the pastor. Your beef's not with the church. Your beef is with the very God who's given you life and breath, and he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. But we've inoculated people because they said a prayer. They go to church. They give. 
as if somehow that makes it okay to cover up their lifestyle of practice of habitual sin. Read 1 John. Don't, don't, don't take my word for it. Read 1 John. Go to Revelation, hang a left. Keep going until you see 1 John. So if God expects us to be a part of a church, and he has expected that through, again, the New Testament, you think maybe we ought to be a part of a church? Why join a church? Assurance. You'll begin to allow the Spirit of God through the Word of God to deal with you, to grow you. I think somebody needs to hit that breaker again. <laughs> Woo! You think it's hot here? Uh, to evangelize the world. That's another reason. Why join a church? To evangelize the world. Look, man, we just had an awesome opportunity. You know, the other day we did our camp, sports camp. We were evangelizing the community. Yesterday, all the workers that came out for your training, gearing up for the school year, for our kids' clubs. Kids, if you're in here, I know Pastor Jeremy's boring. But I'm going to tell you what, the clubs are off the hook. You're going to have a good time. Get excited about it. Tell your friends. The goal is to evangelize the world, locally and abroad. A local church is, by nature, a missionary organization. You know, we misunderstand this a lot. We, we have a dichotomy when it comes to missions. Now, we'll oftentimes, you know, you'll hear people in church, they'll, 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 they'll fight for all the missionary money and giving around the world, and rightfully so, but then they forsake the local church. Guys, I knew a church in Salisbury that um, Maranatha had actually branched out of that church back in the 70s. But this, uh, it was actually this Presbyterian church, had like 30 missionaries they supported. And they supported them large amounts. They started a school, Christian school, Big school. Church was booming. And then, like what happens too often, Satan got in, caused division, strife. The church ended up folding, closing the doors. The school remains today, but the church is no more. They shut their doors. Question. How many foreign missionaries is that church now supporting? Zero. Never ever lose sight in your worldview. Community Baptist Church is a mission organization. It's home base. It's home base. This is missions. We do missions work daily. Every ministry this church is doing, Word of Life, Olympians, ladies ministry, a men's ministry, everything we're doing, guys, is local missions. And you can't get the missions to the uttermost ends of the earth if you don't have a home base. How good's our military without the Pentagon? I'm just saying. So never lose sight of that. It's not an either or, guys. It's both. It's both. We must continue to prayerfully support the local mission and the mission abroad. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, read the Bible. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, home base, local church, and in all Judea, surrounding, next neighborhood over. That's Lenore and Wayne, guys. And to the end of the earth. That's Pink Hill. Sorry. My apologies for those of you from Pink Hill. <laughs> it's Princeton, right? <laughs> They're moving, I can say that. To evangelize the world. That's why you join a church. To expose false gospels. Wow, you know what? I just realized <laughs> y'all were about to be in serious trouble because my timer that tells me how much longer I've got left says I've got 22 minutes left. But it's been on 22 minutes for the past 40 minutes. And I just realized what real time it is. Wow, I'm serious, man. We were going to be here till the ice cream melted. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I'm doing good this morning. I still got 22 minutes, and I'm halfway, halfway through it. <laughs> Sorry for that. Okay. Let's wrap this thing up. To expose a false gospel. Beloved, 
while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which once for all was delivered to the saints. Guys, what this local church does for you as a member, it equips you. It helps give you the truth of God's Word, not my opinion, not our people's opinion, not a feel-good story from Dr. Phil and Oprah. That's not who we are. I'm not going to paint up here for you illustrations every week that make you cry and go out of here feeling good about yourself. I'm going to open God's Word and I'm going to tell you the truth of God's Word and what He expects from us as His people. And so are my other teachers. And so are the other pastors. And that helps you be able to see clearly others who are being led astray by false gospels, by false teachings. Your red flag antennas should go up when you see and hear certain people just saying things that just, well, quite frankly, I just don't want to say anything to hurt your feelings. The truth exposes false gospel. If any of y'all had a problem with who that was, see me later, I'll tell you who it was. To edify the church, God bless you. That's another reason to join. To edify the church. Edify, as my Sunday school teacher friend used to say, edify, stupid. Anyway, that's bad. To edify the church. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 says this. Go there in your Bible if you got it. Everybody turn in your Bible. Hebrews uh, 10, 19 through 25. We're going to wrap it up. Don't worry. I know some of us are getting, getting hot to trot in here. All right. I'm going to stand here and read this one. That's the ESV. That's for my youth man. All right. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Guys, one of the reasons you join a local church is so that you can be encouraged, so you can be built up, you can be edified. When you're having a stinky day, somebody will come alongside you and they don't care how bad you smell. They're going to encourage you, right? They're going to lift you up. They're going to lift your spirit. They're going to share truth with you and pray with you. And Guys, that's beautiful. This is what God intended in the family of God. It's important to edify the church. Colossians says, So with yourself, since you're eager for manifestation of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. The whole reason you were given spiritual gifts, which by the way, there's your other, there's your other passage, 1 Corinthians 12, speaks of there are many members, differing gifts, but one body. Membership, implied. List of widows, Titus implies roster, implies membership. Jesus himself got a book, Lamb's Book of Life. He's taking a little bit of names, right? Got, got, a, got a roster. There is implication that there was a local gathering. That's a reflection of the big picture. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore encourage one another, build up one another, just as you are doing. Keep it up, Community Baptist. i got 22 minutes. <laughs> Glorify God. That's why we join a church. 1 Peter 2.12 Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may be by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Church, when we are doing what we're doing, Community Baptist Church, God will be glorified in the day of visitation. We can't let our good deeds be spoken evil of but when we're doing for God's glory, one day, that will shine. You will see. God will, 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 he will, in that day of visitation, be glorified. So, what does church membership entail? Uh, in action, initially by baptism, in writing, by signing a statement, 
of faith and church covenant. We don't make you sign something here, but when you go through the new members class, you'll look at the covenant, and you are, in essence, when you join, you're saying, I agree with that. So it's like a signature. You're making a vow of membership. And that covenant in the front of that little blue book that you get in the membership class covers what, uh, what's expected. Uh, so let me, let me just pass through these. I'm going to go through some of these. Um, these are some of the expectations in the covenant that you would attend service regularly. I didn't make that up. Preacher just won't. There he goes again. Get on that soapbox. Got to come to church on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. I got things I got to do. Hebrews 10, 25. Daily. Daily. They were getting together. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Attend communion particularly. When's the last time you had part in communion? Or do you miss communion? Attend members meetings regularly. Guys, we can't even hardly get a quorum sometime. Do you know this is where you decide on, on what's happening in the church? This is a family meeting. Don't, look, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. I'm going to soapbox metal for a second here, guys, because this is what we need. You call a family meal at your house, and everybody's in the house, and they don't come to the table? Don't tell me you wouldn't be bothered. You're fibbing. If you, and if you're not bothered, then you're not concerned. When there's a major decision to be made as a family, your spouse don't show up to weigh in? Really? Guys, God intended this. Here's the scriptures. This is what God intended. I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm just trying to, again, help us get clear in our vision, in our worldview, because this is what matters. This is what matters. In the day of visitation, this will matter. Well, I don't see how a business meeting's going to... It will matter. We approve a budget. I agree. And then we complain we don't meet it. That's like me and my wife having a budget meeting at the table. You think you want to do this? You think we can do this? Yeah, I, 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 I can support that. I think we can do this. All right, let's do it. Oh, bills do. Yeah, I can't pay it. Oh, another bill's due. Can't pay it. Why did you set the budget that way? Huh? Well, we can't pay our bills. Well, we agreed to. Family? Guess what? We better cut some grass. We better deliver some pizzas. I can assure you when it happens at your house, you do everything you can within your ability to pay the bill. Right? Why are we giving leftovers? Now, I'm not talking to you, don't get mad. If the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. Right? That's like me saying, you know, who ate my candy out of my office? Somebody here's eating my candy, stealing my candy out of my office. If you didn't steal the candy to eat the candy out of my office, you ain't even thinking twice about it. Now, you're probably wondering, well, I wonder who took the candy out of his office. <laughs> but if you're the one who took the candy out of the office, you're feeling like, hmm. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. By the way, I'm talking to my family. <laughs> Church. I'm talking to my family. There's a covenant that we all agreed to. One of the biggest is this last one. Pray regularly. God knows what we have need of. Before we even ask. I'm going to leave it here. We'll talk more about the rest of these tonight while eating some ice cream. If you're not part of the family, we invite you to come join the family. And you can start tonight by having some ice cream. Did we find out if they got sugar-free? Do they make sugar-free ice cream? My wife's got me on a diet. I know, Janice. I, I feel that look. <laughs> Man. Anyway. Lord, help us. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, family talk. We're your children. We want to be healthy. We want to be a healthy church. We want to serve you well. We want to finish the race set before us. And we can't do it in our strength.
God, nudge our hearts today. Lead us, guide us. There was a lot of things I didn't get to cover this morning in, in regards to membership, but Lord, it's clear in your word. You, you expect, if we're believers, you expect us to be a part of the universal church first. You expect us to be a part of the local church. You expect us to follow in obedience with baptism, to not be baptized and say we're a believer. That's just plain disobedience. And so, Lord, I pray you convict hearts all around this room and watching TV that, that if they've never been biblically baptized, they are a believer. Lord, convict them that they are in disobedience. And they can't be going one direction while saying they're going the other. It's an oxymoron. Father, convict us of the need to follow you in the first step of obedience, baptism. Lord, help us to be obedient in the Lord's table. That when the opportunity presents itself quarterly, that we are present for that. That we uh, are dealing with the sins that are tripping us and hindering us so that we can confess them and that we can be restored and that it can be sweet communion. And so, Father, lead and direct our hearts in that. Lord, help us to... Uh, be active members for the sake of one another. To love one another. To encourage one another. The world will know us because of our love one for another. And so Lord, help us to identify those in your word. Am I a member? Maybe someone would ask that today. And if they're not a member of the body of Christ universally, they've never come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, I pray today they would turn from their sin and they would call upon the only name under heaven given amongst men by which to be saved. They would call upon the name of Jesus Christ to save them, to cleanse them, to give them a new heart, a new direction for your glory. And Lord, for those of us who are members of Christ, and for those of us who are members locally here at this church, may we seek to honor you and glorify you until the day of visitation. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll do something a little different to close out this morning. Um, I was thinking about this th song's been kind of bugging me for a little while, and... Uh, it's just one that, that I truly love, and, and it's the, the meaning of the song is, is so great. And, and I think about what Pastor Jeremy said this morning about the church and church membership, and, and that we wouldn't, we wouldn't even be here today if it weren't for the sacrifices of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, and, and he's calling each and every one of us by name. So remember that time when he called your name, or if, if, if you don't feel like he's called you yet, he's, he's calling to you. But, but reach out.